Hello all, CJ and Ray here. Ray, we've got an incredible announcement for people coming up here that we want to tell them about. Uh, what's happening around here? Yeah, see, uh, first of all, thanks, CJ. It's the best announcement ever because it's free. Um, we what happened? What drove some of this is this: um, businesses in America and worldwide, um, a lot of whom are good people with good hearts, have just been crashed. Their future's been crashed. Their hope has been dashed. Um, I didn't realize it personally until I walked into the person that cuts my hair, which, as you can tell, doesn't take a lot of time. And and they. It's not funny, CJ. And um, <laughs> the first time she reopened after being shut down, um, I walked in, I gave her $200 in cash, and I said, I am so sorry for what's happened to you. She, tears streaming down her face. She said, it's been so hard. She was then shut down a second time. The net, when she reopened, I went back in. Less of her employees were there. And I did the same thing, gave her $200. Again, tears streaming down her face. It's been so hard. The third time she reopened, I walked back in and I looked at a crushed, defeated, hopeless human being. And I did the same thing. And, and she said, I'm done. She goes, I can't survive the third shutdown. All of my people are out of work. I've, I can't pay my, I've lost my business. I've lost my job, you know? And so I drove over to her place just to see it. And there's a lockbox on the door and all the stuff's inside and another of a million businesses who have been shut down without ever having the chance to prove that they could actually operate safely and efficiently. That was just taken away from them. And this has been heartbreaking. Millions are unemployed that maybe didn't need to be. And hundreds of thousands of businesses have been dashed and business people. And we have a ton of business people connected thrive are going, man, how, where do you find hope? How do you create a future? How do you pivot? Um, mm -hmm. And so CJ, we decided let's put together a world-class best lineup ever uh, business conference. And because everybody's hurting so bad, let's just make it free and give it to everybody worldwide. And so yeah. that's exactly what we've done. And CJ, I mean, You've helped put this thing together. Who's on it? Yeah, we've got folks like Simon Sinek, Patrick Lencioni. We've got Elizabeth Maring. We've got John C. Maxwell. Just to name a few of the voices that are going to be resourcing this business leaders who desperately need strategy, you know, insights and, and other resources. So we're really excited about this. Yeah, it's exactly right. We have developed a 12-step plan we will give you on there for how any church or business can help other businesses. Uh, we have we have seminars on pivoting. We've got seminars on finding funding. We have seminars on what to do if you're chapter 11. Do you, what do you do about that? We've got seminars on how to reopen, how to recreate momentum, how to grab attention. And, um, and the date of this, CJ, is date of this is January 28th, and it's a full day starting at around 9 a.m., and uh, it'll be going, you know, to 4 p.m. Or, or longer. That's right. And, and the last, by the way, the last time we did this, we decided to take Thrive and put it online. And, and the reason we did that is this, somebody asked me recently, what's the number one thing you've learned about leadership in the last decade? And I said, that's easy. Nothing great happens through you until it happens in you, which means I have got to put myself in settings where I am learning new things, being challenged, being encouraged, because when something great happens in you, all of a sudden it creates a future. And I actually believe this, CJ, the only people that have a great future are people that actually let their hope get ignited and operate with fresh vision.
And we hope this gets them to them. Now, if they want to register themselves, their friend, pass it on to other people, how do they do that? Yeah, they go to thriveconference.org. They'll see the Thrive Business Leader Summit right there. It's really simple. And again, we want to stress this is free for you and your team and anyone else that you know. If you're a pastor, this is an incredible way for you to sort uh, support the business community that's in your church or around your area. So we've made this free again for you and uh, in your community. So thriveconference.org, you can sign up now. So I want to welcome Brad Dacus uh, to our event today. Brad is a great guy to have in the foxhole with you when you need legal assistance or your rights are being infringed, which is happening left and right to everybody these days. Uh, Brad served as the legislative assistant to U.S. Senator Phil Graham, um, went on to get his degree uh, from the University of Texas School of Law. He has coordinated religious freedom and parental rights cases throughout the Western states for five years. And then in 1997, he founded the Pacific Justice Institute. And they have a network with hundreds of volunteer affiliate attorneys, and they handle more cases on the West Coast than any other organization of their kind. Okay. Uh, Brad can be seen daily on Brad Dacus Live on his channel.com. He can be heard weekly on the Dacus Report on more than 514 radio stations across the country, and also as a guest speaker on numerous radio and TV programs across the nation, including C- CBS Evening News, CNN, Dateline NBC, Good Morning America, MSNBC, NBC News, News Talk TV, The Today Show, numerous times on Fox News, and I keep waiting for him to pop up on ESPN. Um, he speaks all over the country on uh, and, and, and enters into public debate. Um, he speaks at churches, conferences, graduations, conventions. Um, and he was recently presented an honorary doctorate of religious freedom and family rights degree from the California Baptist University in recognition of his commitment to faith and justice and his work protecting parental rights and religious freedom through the Pacific Justice Institute. This is a great guy giving his life to some great things and a great organization that that people are going to need in the future even more than they needed in the past. So today I want to welcome welcome Brad Dacus to Thrive. Great to be on the program. Thank you. Uh, So Brad, question number one, I'm going to fire a whole bunch of stuff at you. Um, the first one is this, um, tell us about your background, and then that led into you starting the Pacific Justice Institute. Um, why'd you start that? Yeah, I was uh, director for the Western Region for the, the Rutherford Institute for five years. I opened an office for them. After five years, Pastor Ray, everything's going really smooth, cruise control, and then you know what happens when cruise control. Well, the national office closed down the regional offices, offered me a job back east. I said, yes. And then uh, finally felt I needed to pray about it. When I did, I felt convicted to stay on the West Coast. And I started Pacific Justice Institute to fill a void where it was needed the most, uh, where it's the beaches of Omaha, religious freedom are on the West Coast. So uh, that was back in 1997. And now uh, we have offices all across the United States, uh, New York, Miami, Dallas, Denver, the West Coast and other places. So uh, we're here to serve people without charge, defending religious freedom parental rights, and the sanctity of human life, including faith-based businesses, uh, to empower them and to defend them in their desires to live their business for Christ. Okay, Brad, give me, give me an example of, of a 
somebody that needs Pacific Justice Institute right now? Uh, well, one example would be a business uh, where they want to live their faith in the workplace and they're being told that they can't. Uh, we had a, a business we defended that was uh, being attacked. It had a, a pool, swimming pool, and it was like an aquatic center. And they were being sued because they had Christian music playing. Making long, this was down in Salinas. Make a long story short, we defended them successfully after two years. The court ruled in favor of our clients and their ability to express their faith. So long as they're not discriminating against who they're serving, they're free to live their faith completely. Uh, more imminent, though, is I would say is what's going on with the, the shutdowns. Uh, it's been very, very concerning how government has, uh, irrespective of one's political party or, or how they, they're from the left to the right, uh, it's indisputed that the, the, the many states and the governors have uh, clearly uh, overstretched, overreached their, their boundaries of uh, delegation uh, without ample justification and proof for, uh, for what they're doing in terms of shutting uh, down. And we've seen that with businesses uh, indefinite shutdowns. Uh, one, one thing I think it's important for people to understand, though, is that the Supreme Court uh, initially uh, basically implemented and, and recognized the Jacobson rule and all this, which basically says, not just not too technical, basically just says, uh, courts, you let uh, governments do whatever they want. If there's an emergency pandemic, just defer to them, let them do whatever they want, in a nutshell. Well, because of the recent appointment to the United States Supreme Court by President Trump, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, the Supreme Court has now shifted and they ruled against the governor of New York saying, uh, and this was involving churches, mind you, but they said that uh, the Constitution can never be put on, the on, on a shelf, uh, that the government is always under the burden to satisfy their level of scrutiny when it comes to infringing upon the rights of others. And that was dealing with churches. What businesses need to know now, though, is that that also, though, principally applies to businesses. Governments have to show a rational basis. They have to be able to show the evidence to support what they're doing. So when they say, as a judge down in Los Angeles did recently, you know, uh, when they had a public health officer say, uh, well, you can only have, uh, you can't have restaurants even uh, outdoors. The judge says, where's your evidence? You just can't pronounce this and say you have a pandemic. Where's the proof? And there wasn't the proof. And, and Los Angeles uh, lost. So moving forward, I think businesses need to realize that they do have rights and that the government is going to have to prove up uh, its position and justification moving forward. And that's a point of real encouragement. Yeah, Brad, we, um, it's funny, based on I feel like we are always trying to be the wise people in the middle of the road that care about both sides. And so for like this, we have a lot of healthcare workers, doctors, things like that. Um, and like, for example, this weekend, we just spent $100,000, ordered a portable medical facility that can be used in any hotspot in Sacramento. It's got 12 beds, comes fully operational, it's CDC approved, and we just paid for it. And it'll be here by the end of the week. Uh, so on one hand, we got healthcare workers. On the other hand, though, and uh, people aren't talking about this, businesses have been shut down with no science. It's political science, not real science. Um, most people are getting COVID in their homes. That's a fact. So we shut down outdoor dining. Um, the, I have talked to business person after business person who was shut down and they never had the chance to prove they could operate safely. Um, 
And a lot of these folks are afraid. I mean, I, I, I've been with people, they're, they're permanently out of business because they've been shut down three times and they just can't handle it. And their employees are all, they're all unemployed now. And, and there was no rational reason for it. I talked to, I talked to several business people that said, I'm terrified to reopen because they, the government will arrive and shut me down or pull a liquor license or pull my restaurant license. In other words, the government has the power to wreck my life. For those folks, Brad, what should they do? Well, first off, if you're dealing with a license, uh, that's a very, it's a different issue than just shutting them down. And, and they need to be very sensitive to the, the mandates and restrictions uh, imposed by that agency uh, employing that, that license or granting that license uh, to them. And that's uh, case by case, depending on, on, on what we're dealing with. As far as just a, say, a business owner, just in general, um, uh, there's several ways around this. Uh, first, they want to assess their risk level, you know, where they are located. Is it in uh, San Francisco or is it uh, San Jose? We're suing the governor in a San Jose case on behalf of churches because San Jose is just so outrageous in their implementation of restrictions against businesses and churches and others. Um, or are they in a more friendly uh, county? where local law enforcement is not enforcing it, even then they still have the public health officer. And, and that office is separate from the, the sheriffs and, and, the, and the others like that that are very friendly, generally speaking now to businesses. Uh, so understand where they are in their risk elements. Second, if they're going to open, uh, assess whether or not other businesses have opened as well. Um, if other businesses are, are around are open, that's a good sign that that uh, their risk level is, is not as high. But second or third, they can mitigate that risk. Uh, to assess the, the precautionary measures taken by other businesses and implement those same precautionary measures and then some. Uh, the public health office is most likely to go after those who are the most flippant about yeah. the COVID uh, virus and, 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 and not taking precautionary measures. Uh, and then fourth, think about restructuring how you frame your business. For example, let's say you have a, a skating rink. Um, you could, you know, and it's, it's right now it's forbidden to have a skating rink open to the public. But what about appointment only um, for lessons purposes and for limited, and you'd have groups and you'd have limited application. It's not, an op it's not open to the public. That's what the skating rink is. This is for appointment only. So, Shifting to appointment only for specific purposes, the, the more distant you can be from it, just the whoever will shall come uh, philosophy, the more you can shift away from that, uh, the more arguable your position is that you are not what you're prohibited from being, you're something else. Uh, that's another approach to take moving forward. And also be updated on what's going on with the cases and the law. Things are moving very quickly. Uh, we've been litigating, we're litigating a number of states and if business owners would like to keep up um, with uh, a lot of our cases and litigation, uh, two ways to do that. One is to get our Legal Insider newsletter on our website, uh, pji.org. That's free. The other is to get our quarterly uh, report called Faith in the Workplace, quarterly uh, business report for business owners. Uh, we're going to be keeping them abreast on that as things pro uh, progress as well. And then finally, they should feel free to contact us. Uh, we come into businesses and give them assessments. Uh, particularly when it comes to, to implementing faith into their workplace. And we do it all without charge, as well as represent them without charge when it comes to faith in the workplace. Yep. Brad, what um, there, we have a fast moving world right now. 
I mean, impeachment or non-impeachment, um, things getting thrown off social media, uh, phones are banning apps. Um, there are some storm clouds on the horizon. Um, if you are a Christian, have a Christian business, or you're a church, um, what are things that you see on the horizon that are going to be troubling that people may not be thinking about? Well, first off, we're going to see uh, attempts uh, based on the election results, unfortunately, we're going to see some attempts to uh, give greater control uh, on Christian businesses. The Equality Act, the Do No Harms Act, uh, just to name just a couple, uh, that's, those are, they're going to be on the chopping block uh, with regards to, to implementing faith in the workplace. We're going to be challenging those moving forward. Uh, uh, colleges, universities, private schools, they're also going to have some challenges to the Department of Education, HHS, uh, to name just a couple. So. Uh, there's some issues dealing with that as they feel themselves being affronted, they need to contact us. Uh, we do all our work without charge, all our representation without charge. So that's very important. Uh, second though- By the way, Brad, Brad, say that again. I think people want to hear this from an attorney. <laughs> yes, uh, you're correct. It is uh, unusual. We do all of our work without charge. We have over 50 cases in active litigation. Some of those are business owners. And uh, we do it uh, completely without charge. We've been doing this over 20 years and uh, we're all across the country with uh, affiliate attorneys all across the country and offices across the country. So people should never hesitate to contact us. Also, um, I wanna make this also really clear. The business, uh, you know, we do seminars on specifically faith in the workplace, how to run a business and evangelize your employees, evangelize your community, your customers, partner with ministries to your company. Uh, we do that all without charge. Uh, but also we'll come into a company uh, with the head of HR and the head of the, the head management and give them a presentation and customize uh, what they want to do from a legal perspective and how they can do it. So uh, we're, on the, we're, on, we're on the defense as we're dealing with issues now, but we're also very much on the offense as well. Another silver lining that I want to mention is the Supreme Court and the shift in the federal circuit courts. Uh, they get it. The Supreme Court no longer is of the mindset, the liberal mindset of just defer to governors and let them do whatever they want. Um, they are now holding to the fire local governments, state governments, federal government, uh, when it comes to, to infringing upon our constitutional rights. They're saying, government, you have to prove your case continually and, and to justify continually. That's why we're very optimistic moving forward that we're gonna see great case law and this kind of tyranny, I don't think we're going to see it uh, in the future because of these critical judicial appointments that were made over the last few years. Yep. Um, I've been, I said this on a, on a podcast a while back, the, I am concerned that thought control and anybody's ability to become known um, is on a limited amount of social media platforms, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, you know, Google or Safari, you know, things like that. And they now have the track record of if they don't like what you're saying, they shut you down and nobody ever hears from you again. Um, the, my sense is uh, Christian universities, evangelical churches, who will be labeled as having discriminatory fire, hiring practices because of their statement of faith, um, are going to be under attack in this decade. And, and I think at some point, maybe removed from even receiving federal funds at the university level, or if you're a church, 
um, and you practice discrimination, quote, um, you may be banned from Facebook, Instagram, so people have no way of hearing your, hearing from you. Are you concerned about that? And what do you, I, just unpack that for me. What do you think? You're yeah, doing yeah. this. Yeah, but first let's talk about the government because it's separate from the private sector. There's two areas of tyranny here. Um, the government uh, is, is that's upon the chopping block, what you just mentioned, uh, eliminating Pell Grants uh, from going to students who are attending Christian college universities. That is on the agenda uh, for uh, this next Congress um, based on those who have, will have control of the, the House and the Senate and the White House moving forward. That is one of the things that they want to do. Also challenging the accreditation of Christian colleges and universities uh, based on their hiring status and their religious convictions about that. Uh, that's also going to be sub, uh, subject uh, attacks on businesses. Uh, we've had like the bakery case, the bake, you know, out of Colorado. That's a, a classic. They're, they're trying to legislatively um, allow for purging of Christian faith-based business owners who do not bow the knee uh, to the uh, radical new social um, agenda that goes completely against God's word and, and teachings. Um, so we see that happening. Now, the good news there is uh, we can challenge that. And we at Pacific Justice are already uh, planning on doing that. Um, is, as businesses see their, themselves being threatened, businesses, schools, colleges, et cetera, contact us. We're here to serve you and represent you without charge. Once again, I'll say it again, without charge. Yep, that's cool. Problem area, whoever, uh, huh? Pacific Justice has been around for more than 20 years. What are the main cases that you take on? Oh, we take on, well, first, like defensive churches on land use, zoning issues, uh, being sued by employees or, you know, for their faith or outside groups, uh, preventing them from doing what they were called to do. Ministers, uh, 30% of our cases now are criminal defense defending um, ministers and pastors for all doing the same thing, which is preaching the gospel in public places that they're protected to do so by the Constitution. 30% of our cases now, these are all across the country, uh, open hostility. Uh, and then we also deal with uh, parents' rights, deal with religious, in, in, in terms of uh, liberal government schools doing things that are attacking them, uh, their faith and convictions. Uh, we go to bat for Christian schools, private Christian schools. Uh, we're even helping churches on, with new creative ideas, like, for example, church homeschool co-ops for churches that don't have private schools. This is a great opportunity to work, get the parents together in a cooperative homeschool environment so they can reach out to people in their community who otherwise could not homeschool themselves without having to start a private school. Uh, these are new opportunities that we're trying to, uh, to uh, let the churches and people of faith and business owners be aware of. And then of course we have business owners. We have one up in Oregon being sued because he had a Bible study. Uh, he has a great, very strong case. We're defending him. And, uh, those are just some of the examples. Also, this is real important. Parents who have social workers knocking on their door, threatening to take their kids. Uh, we get, we're the only ministry in the country I know that gives emergency counsel seven days a week all across the country on parent, to parents on how to keep their kids from wrongfully being taken by zealous social workers. Now, if they are abusive parents, our advice isn't going to help them. But most of the time, they're not. And, and over 99% of the time, we prevail and the kids are not taken. That's just one of the areas we fit. Another is... Christians seeking asylum from Muslim countries or uh, communist countries, Christians and Jews, they're here, they're going to get their throat slit if they, they're sent back to their country. Those circumstances where it's very legitimate religious persecution kind of cases, uh, we even get involved on those now because of the need. Uh, and even those with life support issues, 
where they're trying to pull life support from someone that's, uh, that's going to die, but yet they're not dead. They're not brain dead. Uh, we've saved the lives of like one little toddler who's now going through rehab therapy who otherwise would have been killed by a children's hospital in Southern California. So these are just some of the broad things that we do, but faith, family, um, the rights of people to live there, what they believe, that's what we're, we're about. We do it all without charge all across the country. Yep. Uh, related to business leaders, um, what are your resources for them and, um, and how would they access, access those? Well, uh, first on our website, they can uh, view our training video. It's called Face in the Workplace. Face in the Workplace is a two-part video. It's like a total of like 38 minutes for both, both parts combined. But it, it, the first part gives them an example of three CEOs who live their faith and practically. The second is a little longer, and it's a smorgasbord of all the things that business owners are entitled to do under the law to evangelize their employees, their customers, their community in creative, exciting ways. Uh, it's very empowering. We've done this presentation with FCCI, Convene, uh, CM, uh, anyway, Christian Business Owners of America, et cetera. So, uh, uh, C12. So this is something else we've provided as a resource. It's a training video. We'll come in and put on the presentation ourselves and customize it with uh, different businesses. Then we have the, the quarterly newsletter they can sign up called Faith in the Workplace. It's uh, once a month. We uh, email, gives the updates on the law so business owners know what's going on when it comes to issues of them living their faith and practicing their faith and, and overcoming hurdles. And something else that's real important we're coming out with, and that is a, a synopsis of where businesses stand regarding the shutdowns and exactly where the cases are in real time. Uh, we're gonna be coming out with that uh, before the end of the month. Uh, all business owners who sign up to get the Faith and Workplace newsletter uh, will receive a copy of that. And that's gonna be very, very helpful, legal team working on that. It's, it's changing quite a bit, but I'm very optimistic and very positive about the change in the direction. Um, I see a light at the end of the tunnel and business owners should be encouraged about that as we move ahead. Of course, if they have individual counsel or uh, issues, they should also contact us or if they're uh, a threat of being sued because of their faith in any way, they should contact us as well. Yep. Yeah, it's Brad, it's interesting. It's crazy. I, a friend of mine just went to Arizona and back and he said, it's crazy. You cross the state line and businesses are open there that are not open in California. He said, obviously, this stuff is political science, not real science. Um, we have a lot of business leaders listening to this, thousands of them. Do businesses have rights to stay open? Um, they okay. do. So let me qualify. I hate to do this. Sure. this no, that's okay. It's complicated. Um, they do have a right to stay open to the extent to which the government has not proven uh, materially a rational basis okay. to justify okay. the restrictions that they've placed upon those businesses. And it's, it's, it, there's credible cases that you can, can make when you have the government shutting down business over here, A, and yet a similar business with the, presumably the same health risk, uh, business B, uh, is allowed to open. So that's one uh, area of defense when you have a comparative. Another one is, is selective enforcement, where you have business A1, business A2, business the same different business owners, but the same business, and they're enforcing it uh, against one, but not another. Uh, government can't do that. Um, and then also to, to prove up their case, they've got to be able to show, like restaurants is a classic. They've got to be able to show uh, that it's actually dangerous to eat outdoors when you have social distancing, safe distancing, and carrying out the, the health and safety call. We at Pacific Justice Institute have 
uh, health and safety protocol for businesses, schools, and Christian schools, private schools, to put them at the top notch of scrutiny, above scrutiny, when it comes to health and safety protocols. So implementing this is something else that we highly recommend uh, moving forward for businesses. Uh, but um, it's very, very problematic. And um, also I want to remember four, they need to be outspoken when it comes to election time to make sure that they're voting for people on a local level as well as a state and federal level that respect their rights and freedoms and liberties. We've seen city council members, uh, you know, county board of supervisors, positions that people often disregard, actually controlling and, and dictating whether or not and determining whether or not they're opening or uh, closing and 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 infringing on the lives and welfare of people in their city or in their their county. So that's very important as well. Yep. Now I have a touchy question on faith in the workplace. Um, the we I grew up, uh, Brad, I grew up in a executive jet set atheist home. My dad ran a company. Um, and, and so I grew up in those environments. My dad did not like churches and did not like pastors. And so I thrilled him by becoming one. Um, and, but, and I agree with him on several things. And one is, unfortunately, there are a lot of people of faith I call them the three A's. They are abrasive, arrogant, or abusive. And they just give the Christian faith a bad name. And um, every time they do anything, it's basically said they can put it in the news. I mean, it's just, we know these folks. So taking those people aside, okay, for normal people, the vast majority of people who are going, you know, I want to love, love God, love people, and treat people with class and dignity, Um what rights do business leaders have to incorporate and share their faith in work at work? And for those of you that have just heard that question, please do this with class and respect everybody in your workplace. Okay. But, but there are, most people are, have been intimidated. Like I can't actually say or live my faith anywhere at work. Um, what rights do they have? There are so many opportunities and I'm just going to give a rough quick overview um, of, of some of the things we talk about in our presentation. So, but first off, there's certain things that they can do in the hiring process. They can't discriminate based on faith, but there are certain um, elements that they can do, to, for example, revealing their faith uh, of the business and the religious um, aspects of the business. And, to, and just to ask whether or not they would feel comfortable working for that business. Because you want employees to feel comfortable um, as far as training employees, uh, there's uh, things that they can do to reduce liability, to mitigate liability, like for harassment. Uh, we're in the process of putting together an, uh, an anti-harassment presentation to mitigate li liabilities for businesses and companies. Christian uh, Bible studies, you can have those. You can bring in an outside pastor. We recommend bringing in someone from the outside. Like and there's uh, ministries that we recommend that can come in and lead Bible studies. Uh, sharing your faith, uh, you can actually uh, share your testimony. Uh, sending it out online via email uh, to um, to all the employees, but there's certain qualifiers we we recommend for that in our presentation. For example, to say this is just you know, for those of you who may wonder what makes me tick, attaches my my story. Uh, this is not required not required for work, but if you'd like to know what makes me tick, what drives me, uh, feel free to to read that. Things like that, and also if someone asks you a question, you can respond to that. You can have Christian music uh, in the workplace. You can have free Bibles on display. Uh, you can have tickets to the Christmas open house or the Christmas celebration or Easter celebration, have those distributed by someone 
uh, not in management, who's not taking note of who's getting it and who isn't. Uh, you can celebrate religious holidays, call it a Christmas holiday, and you want to accommodate those of religious objection who, who uh, violates their faith to attend. Make sure they're treated correctly. Religious materials at work are available. Creative opportunities to serve the community and ministries to donate one month a week for your employees to work for one of three different ministries in the community, uh, which, which is pretty radical for some. You can bring in mothers of preschoolers, outside ministries. Uh, you can have the Truth Project brought in. Um, there's uh, You can have your, your employees uh, sign up and go on short-term mission trips. Uh, if you'd like, you can have them cooperate with the local uh, community ministries uh, as well. Uh, you can even have them uh, participate in uh, a funding project, uh, like a matching gift program like the United Way. But you can limit it just to Christian ministries or just three or five or a half dozen Christian ministries. You can do matching uh, projects, gift projects. You can have scholarships uh, for, for employees' uh, ch uh, children to go to a Christian college university, and uh, you can make that available. You can actually underwrite vacation Bible schools for your employees' kids to go to vacation Bible schools. You get a whole list of all the ones in the community, and you can keep those kids busy all summer long. The employees are happy, and you're having a positive impact for the kingdom for those employees. Uh, these are just a few of the some of the things we talk about in our presentation, but the good news is this is all available on our, uh, on our presentation material, based in the workplace, as well as our, our, our presentation to come in. We can do via Zoom for your company or for uh, et cetera. But there's so much in the way of opportunities, as well as some defensive measures we cover as well. So um, this is not the time to cower. This is the time now to step up and say, this day, I'm going to live my, my business for the Lord. I'm going to walk with the Lord. And one little, little side, side note, I've got to give this, because Satan loves to attack businesses Pastor Ray and say, look, they heard your, your pejorative you mentioned the other day. They saw your, they heard your cuss word when you saw your uh, your earnings weren't as high as they should have been. You know, you, you're a hypocrite. You have to keep your faith yourself. The whole part of our testimony is not how we have it all together. The whole part of our testimony is, is about Jesus and his grace and his love and forgiveness for us right. and, and how he's making us and he's working on us and how we've surrendered our lives to him. That's the story. And if you stay in those, in, in those tracks, um, nothing should prevent you from sharing uh, what God's doing in your life and trying to live your faith through your workplace moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. The most eloquent testimony I've ever heard from a business leader, I won't give his name, um, but one of the major historical business leaders in Sacramento, um, I spent a bunch of time with him and he said, he said, I have done a terrible job representing Jesus Christ in my workplace. He said, so I want to gather everybody that I know and have you speak to him. And so I said, I'm happy to speak to him, but only if you go first. And he got up in front of these folks and he said, I became a Christian at five years old. He said, and the Lord's been a lot more faithful to me than I have been to him. And I think it's not who we point our, I think it's not, we don't point people to ourselves. We point people you're exactly right. We point people with somebody far, with far more power, far more grace. I actually think integrity is not having a perfect background. Integrity is being willing to fight and win some long life, lifelong battles. So that is good. Hey, Brad, I've got two more questions. The, the first one is this. You guys are all over the place. Where would you like to expand to next? Because there may be people from that area listening. Oh, thank you. Uh, in addition to those other places I mentioned, we were trying to have, make connections in those places that I mentioned earlier. Uh, but also we're looking at uh, Chicago, uh, Detroit, possibly uh, uh, a city in Ohio, maybe uh, Cleveland or Columbus, uh, Philadelphia, 
Boston, maybe Baltimore, uh, also uh, maybe in uh, Wisconsin or Minnesota. Uh, those are some of the places that we're right now looking at uh, to, uh, to, to paratroop in and provide strong support for the body of Christ. And uh, it, my goal is to make, make it so that Satan has no place to go for vacation in the United States. That's my goal. That's and to, uh, to empower the body of Christ to be uh, a full salt and light and overcome uh, obstacles and, and uh, from oppression, whether it's from the, the government sector or, as we've seen recently, from the private sector through social media. Yep. Um, those of you that are listening that are in those cities, uh, contact the Pacific Justice Institute um, and just go, how can I help get you here? Um, which leads to my last question. How can people connect with you, learn more about you, and join you in some of these uh, historical-type battles? Yes, we'd love to serve them uh, in terms of advice, empowerment, as well as representation as, as needed uh, without charge. Just go to our website, pji.org, pji.org. Click the, 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 the business square. We have one for schools and for churches uh, with lots of other resources. But click the one for businesses. You'll find great resources there. Sign up to get our Legal Insider. It's in the right-hand corner. Uh, and also to receive our, four, our quarterly newsletter. And then contact us at any time. We're very down-to-earth. Uh, we never charge. We're here to serve. And uh, it's there's so much potential for the kingdom uh, with business owners. We've been on presentations with a number of organizations I mentioned earlier. Uh, we'd love to come in and share this without charge in every opportunity we can. So, Thank you so much, Pastor Ray, for allowing me to be uh, interviewed. And we're looking forward to serving the many, many people that are watching this, this program right now. Absolutely. That's been, uh, that's been a great conversation with Brad Dacus, which just feels like we just got started on this stuff. If you want to contact them, go to the Pacific Justice Institute. And Brad, I want to say thank you, not just for being here today, but for what you do. You know, a lot of people need a lot of help and you provide it free, which is mind blowing. So thank you. Thank you.